All right, guys. Well, episode 16 now, Take Action Podcast Season 2, right, Ira? Yes, that, that's right. This week, we got numbers straight. I still remember today's Thursday. So that's over 30. So we've been doing this now for six months, more than six months now. And uh, today, we got a really awesome guest on, Carmen Bucci, former teammate of mine at NCSA, national speaker. He's been a guy who I really looked up to when I started working there and somebody who's influenced, thought I influenced a lot of lives, but this guy's got quite a few more under his belt. So uh, excited to bring him on today. Yuri, we're, we're going to start off with the weather update like Ooh, we usually weather do update. Green Bay. Yes, Everybody yes. loves the Green Bay weather update. So go ahead. I have, a, I have a lot of updates. So yeah, we actually had a chance to meet Carmen just a few minutes before Monty came in. It was pretty nice. I really missed this feeling for a few minutes before we start recording when we all get in the studio and we get to talk yeah. on the table a little bit with Monty. That's what I missed the most. So we still got the camera. So we work in this virtually but that feeling when you go shake somebody's hand so it's really hard well green bay weather update so it's super nice outside guys at least it looks nice but it's still 30 degrees so it's a big bummer because it looks like spring but it's windy it's cold and on top of that our governor just told us that we are closing down for another like yeah, almost, almost a month may 20 45 days left now or something like that yep so i work in the restaurant i'm being laid off for a month already so uh, now the kids' schools are closed too yep. until remainder of the year. So not going to lie, I'm a little bit broken today. So our weather podcast, ah, the weather is down, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's not as bad as what Yuri says it is. It sucks right now. It really does. The thing we have to do is, you know, keep that positive mental attitude because if we spiral, oh, it, it's going to be a longer 40, 45 days than, than if we just keep our heads up and keep grinding. I know I've been super busy in the last, man, two weeks since I left NCSA. I've had multiple deals still go through for real estate. I've been working on my Airbnb, uh, working on another flip house, trying to get my marketing systems in line. Yuri's been awesome with you know, doing some marketing as well. And he's starting to really learn more and more systems on how the real estate world works. He's kind of in a bad spot because he can't take his test and his to get his license until Oh, yeah, for another 30 up. days now. For yeah, so now we days, got until so. yeah, so you probably won't have your license until mid June or, or end mm. of June, but we'll still get through it. We'll figure something out. And today I picked up two new buyers. It was very, very productive. So the real estate world is still going pretty strong. Who knows with how the mortgages are going to work and things like that coming up. But business as usual. So I'm lucky that to be considered essential. That's been pretty good. And it's cool to actually have conversations at night now that I don't have to talk about recruiting seven times a night. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about it a little bit though. Carm, I think we'll, we'll bring it back a little bit. Yeah. Just introduce my friend, my colleague, my teammate, my mentor, uh, Carm Bucci out in California, former league made major league baseball player, really kind of specialist in leadership and mentorship. So Carm, welcome aboard, man. Thank you very much. This is awesome to be talking with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been a minute since we caught up, but you just kind of like, you just kind of vanished when, uh, when, <laughs> when, when you left NCSA and I, it was actually an example of what I didn't want to happen for myself. So I've been on like, not to make it sound bad, but like the Kobe tour where I was trying to like say goodbye to everybody <laughs> for about a month and a half. So, um, you know what it is? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm so glad to catch up again. Me too. And you know what it is for me? I think sometimes I feel like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if people really even want to hear from me, so I won't bother them. I'll just, we cross paths or talk again 
been great. If not, I, maybe it's because I said something in the past that I shouldn't have. So no, <laughs> worry too much about what people think, man. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, you no, know, you when it's, uh, you, everybody loves you still. I always feel like I, the relationships I had there, if I had to call anybody for anything or just to catch up or say hello, we kind of like now we can just kind of pick up from where we left off right. and just kind of like people you grew up with even. It's just, I don't know what it is about that, especially with guys. You just yeah. kind of, it's like you never missed a beat. Yeah, exactly. I just was having that conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago. And, and uh, even Kevin Karp, who came on the podcast a few weeks ago as well, he's one of my best friends and college roommates. And he lives in Cincinnati. He's a busy guy, runs his stuff. And we catch up two, three times a year at Packer games where we see each other. But other than that, you know, I don't see him very often, but it's like brothers, man. I can not talk to one of, one or two of my brothers for a long time. And it's the same thing, just like with us, just I, catching up I, I and, agree. and going. And, and we didn't even hang out that much. I mean, we were on the same team, I think, once or twice for a year. And then, but we would, we would see each other at our, what we call our turkey bowls or outing summits or whatever. We just hit it off. It was always fun. Yeah. But you were always a good guy. Nice to everybody. Nice to me. I always feel like, you know, if someone treats me well, hopefully I I'm treating them the same way and I'll, I'll always remember those people. So, and besides that, from a work standpoint, you were always grinding and working your butt off, which is probably why you're having success. Not probably, but why you're having success with real estate and everything else you're doing, because I don't know a time where uh, you weren't having success at NCSA for the beginning. So it kind of pushed us old folk a little bit to uh, <laughs> kick it in gear. Yeah. Well, it was after you left is when I kind of hit my downward slide. Maybe it was your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I think, you know, I think for me, it was just one of those things where I reached the pinnacle, you know, at early on in my career, like you said, for four, five, six years, I was top of my game. You know, one year I was the scout uh, of the year, another time best scout call, whatever. And then my brother came along and took the title from me like three years in a row and just kind of let him run with it. But yeah, I mean, I got to a point where there was nowhere to move or grow. And for me, I, I learned a lot about myself in the last year is I hate complacency and I hate yeah. trending downward. And there was nowhere for me to go there, but down tried out to be the, you know, the vice president of scouting for a few times and just never got it done for whatever reason they, they went with somebody else. And yeah. I'm not salty about it. I'm in a position now where it forced me to grow differently and get outside of the box of just being within that environment and expand and, and grow. And I'm sure you probably felt the same way. Absolutely. I mean, I was there for 15 years yeah. and uh, I'm like you, like, you I don't want to be complacent, but I also feel like life is just, there's so much living to do. And maybe yeah. I got comfortable there because I did like it. And I like everyone I worked with, you know, right. you and all the guys and girls and everyone I encountered in the families, but I really, there's so much life to live and I'm always looking for new challenges. I mean, when I got out of playing baseball, which, you know, didn't last very long my career, but I, the, one of the first things I did aside from opening a business was getting into stand-up comedy. And I just, it was something I always wanted to do and was always looking for a challenge. And so when I left NCSA, I ended up in an industry I had zero knowledge of, but I was always interested in. And it sounded like a cool opportunity and said, oh, why not? You know, I mean, it's, it's just, I love learning and I love learning something new and experiencing something new in life. So it sounds like you're kind of in this of the same mold. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, re I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, I've always looked up to you too, is you're not afraid to, you know, go outside of your comfort zone. But I think the one thing that's really cool, and this is something, the essence of why we started the podcast, the take action podcast. I mean, you got that 
that right away out of, you know, out of your baseball career was let me try something. I don't know what we need to try to, but Yuri's favorite tagline, go ahead, Yuri. Don't be afraid to suck at something. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, just, <laughs> let's start it out. Let's try it out. It's, it's going to take a, take a bit, but you're going to master it. So don't yeah, be that's afraid, a, yeah. afraid that's to such suck a cool something. thing. But how'd the comedy thing go for you? I mean, oh, man. I couldn't have gone um, too crazy good because we were working together for a long time. Right. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. There were, uh, you know what? There was, there were some good times. I mean, doing shows at the comedy store and the improv in Hollywood, like that was really cool. But there were also probably more days where I stood up on those same stages and maybe got one person to clap a little, like maybe a little golf <laughs> oh, clap because yeah. they felt bad for it. The like, courtesy clap. Yep. Oh, yeah. And that was probably the longest five minutes of my life when oh, nobody's oh, laughing and you're just, you're trying so hard. But I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I thought I was going to make a career out of it. I just wanted to do it. And then I fell in love with it. But I think honestly, it was the best training I've ever had for sales, for presenting, and, and just to uh, kind of get out, out of my shell. And like you're saying, just to suck at something first and, you know, kind of yeah. get over that, that first feeling. Yeah. And things aren't so scary after you fail. Cause it's like, yeah, that sucked. And that was terrible for a very short period of time. But afterwards, like you said, you learned, you grew, and it was one of the best things that you took from you. And I think that, you know, that certainly catapulted you really into your career at NCSA, I would think at least not necessarily like sucking at comedy, but, but getting to the <laughs> point where you were comfortable talking in front of large groups because you traveled all over the country. You were one of our national speakers. You kind of did it all from being in front of large groups and also doing the same job I did for a long time as being on phones. So, you know, talk about how that transition went for you. Definitely helped. It was a rush for me. I enjoy the performance part, you know, which is part of speaking, just knowing that you can affect somebody's life maybe for, right. for the little bit amount of time you're talking to them was, was incredible. It got me out of my shell. I wouldn't have done that when I was younger and I don't think I would have done it without having tried comedy for a few years. But it was a, it was a little rough at first just because I wasn't sure what I was saying or what I was doing as a speaker was maybe something somebody wanted to hear. I thought they needed to hear it, but I wasn't sure if they felt the same way. I had that training from comedy and improv stuff to, to kind of fall back on and uh, that helped make it a little easier, but uh, it was definitely scary at first. But the more I got up there and did it, the more I fell in love with it and, you know, ended up traveling a couple Aprils ago around the country doing 30 talks in 30 days in 30 different cities all around the country. And that, like, it's just, just the more you do it, the more you uh, you feel comfortable with it. Yeah, that was a really cool thing. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well, because that was one of the things I had jotted down that I wanted to bring up with you. Let's talk a little bit about your journey though, as far as, like, I think one of the coolest things, and there's a great lesson in how you got hooked up with NCSA and NCSA now versus how it was when you and when you started and even when I came on board is just night and day different. I mean, it's very large. It's a large company, a large business, very big organization. But your story is pretty cool because I kind of prompt you to this if you need to. But how did you end up getting hooked up with NCSA? So I'll try to shorten this because I always get too long winded. I was moving. <laughs> I went from California to Florida for a year. We moved to Chicago and I was trying to find something else to do for work, something I was interested in. And back in Florida, helping another friend's company in sports had nothing to do with recruiting, though, at the IMG Academies with a friend's business. And I saw, and we were looking up recruiting stuff and information, but I saw 
Chris Krause, the founder of NCSA, his picture in the corner of a website. It was for NCSA. And I thought, man, I know, I know this guy. I know this name. I know the guy. Why am I drawing a blank? I was back in Chicago and I went through old scrapbooks because my parents threw nothing away from the time I was in Little League to whatever. Nothing. <laughs> my and parents so haven't either. My mom still has boxes of stuff for me I need to go through. Now I have all the stuff. In my, I have to pay for a storage unit to keep all of this stuff in. Thank <laughs> I don't you, have mom that and dad. Thank you very much. No, I mean, it was a baby pictures, everything. Just yeah. stuff they could have thrown away. And so I went through my scrapbook and I found the original business card from Chris. I had met him my junior, or sorry, senior year of high school, where he had a company. And back then there was no computers or anything. So right. he was mailing stuff off and VHS. And he found me in the newspaper and called me up and came to the house. And it was senior year of high school, like, in the spring and I still didn't have offers or anything. And he helped me in the recruiting process. And that's why I ended up at Northwestern, one of the reasons. And so I saved, apparently in my, it was important because my parents and I saved his original business card and it was in my scrapbook. So I, when I got to Chicago, I called him up and said, hey, I want to come and work with you. And we talked and I went into his office and I put my business card, his business card that I had on his desk and he almost fell out of his chair. Uh, I bet you he <laughs> ate that up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, things happen for a reason. People come into your lives for a reason. Right. I don't know why we kept that business card. I mean, I'm sure we've met a ton of people when I was younger. And for some reason, that was in the center of a page on my scrap. Well, I mean, he's a guy that helped you go to college. Of course, that's, <laughs> that's going to yeah. be something that you're going to you're going to remember. I remember the two most influential people who got me recruited as well. It wasn't a recruiting organization. It was luck, but it was effort as well. So yeah. I think that's so cool. I think that's a good lesson for people is you could have easily just looked at it and looked at that business card, not tied two and two together, not realize that, you know, how much of an impact it had and just kind of moved on with your life and who knows where you would have ended up. Yeah. It's amazing that, you know, I just happened that one day to be looking on the web and there was his picture and then it all just started kind of coming together. It's just, uh, it was meant to be, obviously I first, you know, I was put in that place at the right time. For sure. Do you remember how many you during your career at NCSA, do you remember how many kids you enrolled? I think I still have the pin for 5,000. I think, I don't know if I got a little, around 5,000 maybe? A little over that? I think you're or over maybe that. maybe six? You gotta be, you gotta be a, at least six or maybe just before six because I was chasing you for a while and I ended at like four, eight, four, four thousand eight hundred and fifty-four, and I think I was like fifth or sixth on the all-time list and it was you and That's Potter awesome. and Bab that were, were ahead of me and then Heimer and Greg Z and I think those were the only two that were, were ahead of me as well. There might be one more, but yeah, yeah I mean, that's yeah, incredible. We have like 10,000 enrollments between the two of us, 10,000 kids we help. That's the one part of the job I loved all of those people we got to speak to because yeah. I've met some amazing people and I still keep in touch with people. Mm -hmm. I, when they're down visiting in California, I've gone to games or I've gone to, to their house and it's just been, uh, it's opened a lot of doors and I got a chance to meet some cool people. It, the only thing that comes close to rivaling that is when I had my baseball school in Sherman Oak, California, the people whose kids were in our lessons were like, Vanna White, Warren Beatty, Eddie and oh, Alex wow. Van Halen, Billy Idol. And I'm sitting there giving lessons going, this can't be happening. Like, is this <laughs> real? Um, I, not that I became friends with any of them, but, but just that getting a chance to work with kids and families and people, you just meet some amazing individuals. Yeah, baseball coach for the stars. That's what you were. Yeah, well, <laughs> I should have I parlayed that into something better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't take advantage of that network. You did all right no. otherwise, though. <laughs> 
No. That's awesome. All right. So we, we can harp on NCSA and, and go, we can keep, you and I could talk about you know, stories about there for a long time, but I really didn't want to get too much in, you know, the past career, but I did want to talk about your 30 for 30, uh, which I thought after you, that was kind of your transition out of NCSA into that 30 for 30. So what was that all about? Yeah. It's something I've always wanted to do. I wanted to do something different again, something challenging, something different. And, you know, you watch the 30 for 30, or at least I do on the MLB network and, yep. you know, they're going to the time. And I thought, wow, that would be cool. I wonder if I could do that with going to speak and I never want to wait for the opportunities to come to me I've always been told you have to go out and get it if you want it and I wanted to do more speaking and I thought well let's just see what happens let's see if I could do this if I could sell myself to some random strangers and also have help from friends to get me out there as well and and go around the country and just speak to as many people and thought it would make a really cool story to tell people and and the funny thing is now with the other part of my career and, and sales that I'm in that was the thing that got talked about most in interviews letting people know that I did something like this but it just was one of those things like comedy where I just I had this just this urge and this nagging feeling for a few years that I wanted to do this and I finally just decided I'm going to take my PTO or whatever it is and just (laughs) use it for that and go around and see who I can talk to and got a chance to talk at colleges and high schools and some businesses and uh, like training centers and stuff like that and people were very receptive I mean I just for some of it I just randomly called places I Googled and looked up online and said, hey, here's what I'm doing. Would you be interested? And they're like, yeah, come on through. So it was, uh, I mean, there were some obviously ups and downs because some people had to cancel last minute and then I was scrambling. And But it just, again, I when something comes to mind and I can't let it go, then I, ha- I have to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was just one of those things. Yeah, we're kind of built in the same mold that way for sure. What were the topics that, you know, you really, you brought up by going to these high schools? I have a talk called The Positive Power of Negative Things. And that gets people thinking like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean that's po- negative thinking is the power? But it's just really, I kind of told basically my story of just, again, life and ups and downs with athletics and the lessons I learned and just really it focused on the power of the mind and how important that is in your life and your business and your sport or anything that you're going through. And so that was really the talk and just trying to inspire kids and and even business people, adults too, just to, you know, go after what they want and, and to be successful. That's awesome. Very good. Yuri, you got anything you want to add to that? Pretty impressive. You know, public speaking is such a given. I couldn't done it. So for you, taking a challenging task and go public speaking, especially for school. I would love if somebody would come in when I was high school or early in college and gave me like a nice or life lesson or something, you know, something motivational as you were doing. We were back in Belarus. It was so traditional. It was so old school. So this is great that you guys doing stuff like this in the United States. And this is why I'm here. It's such a difference. Sometimes you young kid, you don't know what's going on. You just need somebody to send you in the right direction. Yeah, true. Good point. So Carm, with that speech, how does that apply to today's world? Wow. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I I think it's everything right now. Not my talk is everything, but the idea of the power of the mind you know, especially right now with what we're going through, because everyone's reacting differently to it, where some people are, they feel like they're going to lose it a lot of times, or they're angry, or they're upset. And other people, uh, and I think I got this from my dad, you know, he's 82 years 
years old going through this. He refuses to believe he's going to get sick. He's, you know, he's staying in, but if he has to go to Walgreens to get his medication because there's no one there to help him, he doesn't. He just knows that everything is going to be okay for him. Yeah. And that's the way I was raised. So that's the only thing I know. And it, I know it's a scary time. And if I get sick, then I'm going to have to deal with it and I'll handle it at that time. But a lot of it had to do with living in the moment, talking about that with kids or with business people or athletes is living in the now and not always being, you know, you, you don't know what the future holds. The future only comes from the decisions you make today. And obviously everyone's heard you can't change the past. So it's just a reminder to live in the moment. And then the other part of that, a lot of the talk was about gratitude. Mm -hmm. And even in a time like this, there still is a lot to be thankful for, you know? For sure. So uh, I think it, it definitely is as relevant now as it was a couple of years ago, just different, <laughs> different circumstances. Yeah, obviously it's unprecedented, but, and I think we keep telling ourselves that, I mean, it's almost going to be a new norm. I think you could look at the silver linings and all of this, and I'm the same way you are. I'm really struggling with, cause I'm such a social person. I'm having a right. really hard time with the social distancing aspect or the handshaking or I'm a hugger. You know, I want right. <laughs> you know, and I see people, I'm a bro hugger. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's real, it's almost natural when I go up to somebody I haven't seen in a while and I want to do that. And it's, it's awkward now too. I feel like I shared a, um, uh, like one of those memes from WWE from a few years ago where Macho Man and Hulk Hogan were trying to shake hands and, and uh, they wouldn't. And, and yeah, was, that's right. I did see that. <laughs> and, I mean, it's so, it's so funny and so true right now. It's, like it's awkward because you, sometimes you don't know who you're approaching, especially as a real estate agent. Tomorrow I have, I get to meet a, a new client and I don't know how he's going to react. So I, I don't know if I should elbow bump him, fist bump right. him, handshake, bow. just wave at him. Yeah. Do a bow. <laughs> it, it's weird right now that way. So like that part of it for me is like, it's just, it's just a habit of mine and I'm having a heart. That's the hardest part for me is, is fighting that and really staying at home knowing, cause we don't know what we don't know. The scientists don't right. even know yet. Politicians certainly don't know what the hell's going on. They just, they're guessing at what the scientists are guessing at and they're trying to keep people happy. And so nobody knows anything. And that's the frustrating part, I think, for the whole society is everybody wants that instant answer, that instant gratification. And we don't know what we don't know. Well, we so. all want to know, are we going to get out the end of May, the middle of May? You know, we're always thinking about that future date and that's what's frustrating and everything starts to feel so overwhelming and yeah. you're in your head too much. And, and that's, you know, we, we don't have to be perfect through any of this or anything in our lives and that's okay. You can make the mistakes and it's all right. You can be frustrated one day and happy the next and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's normal. Like with what Yuri was saying earlier about sucking at something, you know, we don't have to be perfect. And that's one of the things I wanted to get across to a lot of these people, whether it's in business or sports, you don't have to be, you just have to do something like my, then this is not like, I'm not saying this is my favorite apparel company or shoe or anything, but Nike, like their slogan that still stands to this just day do is it. just, do, just it. do it. They never said, just give it a try or do it perfectly. <laughs> just, just do it, you know, because you yeah. never know what could happen. You, when you started your, your first, let's say real estate deal, you didn't know how it's going to explode or how the career is going to go, but nope. you just did something and then look what happened, yeah. you know? Well, exactly. Same thing with the podcast. Like we've, right. you know, we, we had zero expectations going into it and we're oh, almost 2,500 downloads and we've been mm -hmm. listened to it in 30 countries. And, you know, we had no idea. I mean, we're not getting advertising. And think about it. How many people say they want to do these things? You two yeah. are actually doing these things. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I don't care if it's one download, it's still an accomplishment. Right. You know, Even if I it mean, was our own, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Who cares? Hey, at least you guys got the mics, you're talking, yep. you know, it, it's, who knows where it can lead. Yeah. And we get the right person that listens, that's connected to the right person. And then, and, and that happens. And if it doesn't happen, we've learned a new skill. You know,
know, that can apply to real estate. It can apply to whatever we decide to do next. It applies to advertising, marketing, just networking. I think that's the other thing about this thing is now the COVID forced us to go into network. And a month ago, I would have never even thought to call you because everything we did was in studio. And now there's Zoom and we can record it. And, you know, (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) how things work out. But, you know, it took me to to kind of stay with this theme. It took me years, Andy, to to realize after baseball that maybe I wasn't meant to be a baseball player for life. When you're a kid, that's all you dream about, right? And so all of these experiences I've had in life have, in a weird way, helped each thing. Like I went from the baseball then to the comedy. Well, comedy helped in speaking and sales and speaking helped become better in sales and be a better manager and improv helped in those things. It's like all I, I realized after years, I wasn't meant to be a professional baseball player forever. I wasn't meant to be a, a comedian forever. I wasn't meant to be at NCSA forever. These are all building blocks that, mm-hmm. and I see the same thing for you and Yuri with real estate, with the podcast, everything you guys are doing, they all kind of intertwine. I mean, they're, right. they're it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the other thing is that it's like you had mentioned, there's more to life. It's fun. I get to work with yeah. one of my best friends on a daily basis. And it's, it's watching him grow because it's a new realm for him and it's new for me. And yeah, it's just, there's, there's freedom, there's flexibility. Oh, and, and I didn't have that for 10 years. You know, that's the other thing. I'm enjoying it right now. I feel like the shackles are off and I can start yeah. growing. Like for me, the frustrating part today and yesterday was just trying to figure out a marketing system. And so I'm looking forward to the challenge, but I want like, I'm good at a lot of stuff and, and I'm right. not good at, <laughs> at marketing. So I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to outsource that a little bit now. And Yuri's doing a good job with keeping the social media presence going, but it's one of those things where it's like learning a foreign language for me right now, but I'm trying, I'm putting my, I'm jumping in both feet. Yeah. It's all learning experience. If you can look at life as everything is a lesson, my dad would always say to me as a kid, you didn't fail. You just succeeded to a point. And then Mm -hmm. you got to figure out now how to succeed to the next point. But there's no such thing as failure. It's all a learning experience. It all, everything you do, even when you think you fail, that was a lesson. And now how do I take that lesson and keep improving? For sure. For sure. Now, what are you, uh, Carm, what are you up to now? We know you're not at NCSA. I'm not there anymore. What, What do you got going now? So I've still been speaking or I was now that obviously been a little bit different since right. there's no real travel involved. But then I've been working with basically a freight broker, a digital freight broker. I started there after I left NCSA as well and spent a year as an outside rep. And then I became the director of sales this past fall. Nice. And it's a startup and uh, kind of back to like NCSA again, <laughs> being a startup. <laughs> but but it's exciting right now. The it's Some days it's super busy, others not as much. Obviously, uh, that whole industry is getting hit because not a lot of stores are open. There's not a lot being shipped, but we're involved in supplying a lot of surgical masks and medical equipment that are, that are being shipped around the country that are yeah. coming over from overseas, which is in a weird way, having a hand in supplying some of that is, is pretty neat to me and pretty yeah. special. But that's sure. what I've been doing is leading a sales team of reps around the country to help grow this business. And uh, hopefully they get acquired someday or we just continue to grow and prosper. So it, again, it's an industry that I had nothing, no knowledge of, but I've always been interested in how it all works and how stuff gets places. So it's been a fun learning experience and and hopefully I'm doing a good job with my reps and helping them grow and improve in their career. Awesome, man. That's, that's good for you. So here we're at the point of the the call and I don't know if I told, I don't know if I warned you about this the other day or not, but every podcast we do a Q and a, so you, Yuri and I have obviously been asking the questions here, but now we flip it around. You get to ask you two questions. So I think I did throw you to the wolves. So you have to ask Yuri and I two questions here to bring it out. Okay. Do they have to be the same for both of you? No. Or can I just, all right, let me start with Yuri since 
since you and I babbled a lot, if anything, do you miss from your hometown? Oh, that's a great question. Besides vodka? Besides yeah. vodka. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, then it will Anything. be food. Food. Yeah. Will be food? food and all relationships which stayed 5,500 miles away. People I grew up with, friends and family, college buddies. That one of the best years of my life. I still go there occasionally. Obviously, probably not going to happen for a while. Yeah. But food. What I did not miss is uh, the whole the whole other system. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm, I'm sure. That's cool. What was uh, your so favorite Eddie... dish here? You just out of curiosity. Hold on, Carm. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I'm going to learn something here. Oh, crepes. Crepes are potato pancakes with uh, pork schnitzel. One of my favorites. <laughs> I love that's... it. That's awesome. You got so excited when he was saying that too. And it, and it was and it was just so simple. We grew up poor, but it was developing country and stuff. So it's actually quite an experience for me. Now I feel like we're back in 1995 when USSR broke down. We got into independent countries. So we didn't get locked down, but it feels like it now. Just yeah. Got a similar cool. feel to communism? No, no, no. <laughs> we, we had a legitimate riot. So it's not yeah. that bad yet. Right. So. <laughs> gotcha. So uh, I, I was going to ask you, Andy, the biggest fish you ever caught, but what about what was the one story or the one experience of the one that got away? So I know you're a big fisherman. Oh, I, there's always, you know, there's always a couple that every time you go fishing, you hook a rock and you think you got a big one. So uh, <laughs> I've had some pretty, I live in the, you know, in Green Bay. So we have the Bay of Green Bay, which is one of the bigger musky fisheries in the world. And I had a monster on a couple of years ago. I hired a guide friend of mine and we went out on the Bay of Green Bay and I hooked one and he came out of the water right from there. And he was over 50 inches and I got to see him. I got to bite him a little bit. That's one. One, and then there was another one where I was fishing in Canada a couple of years ago with our with our friends. You're, I don't think you were in the boat. I think that was with Dennis and Sergey. I had a monster lake trout on. I've never caught a lake trout. And my whole goal for that day was just to catch a lake trout. And I had a huge one on. And I got him right next to the boat. And he, uh, he turned the right way and, and lost him. But he was probably 35, 36 inches and maybe 25 pounds. He was huge. Yeah, so how much? Like, the first one you said, how, how much you think that weighed? The one that was like 50 inch? 50 inches at the time time of the year that it was at it was probably 35 to 40 pounds i would oh, say so maybe maybe not quite that big maybe 30 but yeah it was big it was just the bit the fish on the bay are so thick and, and large my friend and i a couple of years earlier fishing with the same guy we caught two at the same time and the one was about 25 pounds that was a 49 incher and then uh, the other one was 40, 45 and a half. So. You even made it in a magazine cover, right? Was I did. Well, I... not on the magazine cover, but in uh, Musky Hunter magazine, uh, our picture got no kidding. displayed. Yeah, that yeah, was kind of cool. Now, when you lost those two fish, did you cry just a little? Was there tears coming down? <laughs> no, there was no tears, but it's like, I don't know if you've ever been deer hunting or anything like that, but no. it was just like shaking, like just pure, <sighs> utter disappointment and shaking yeah. to the point is like the what, like anytime that's anything ever happened to your life, where you wanted something really bad and you were really close <laughs> and it, and then all of a sudden it's right there and you have it and then it's gone and that's what happened. Uh, you didn't jump in huh no nah, i didn't jump i'm not jumping in after a 50 inch toothy thing no way man. <laughs> no way am i doing that so but yeah i mean that's why you fish though i mean to get those kind of feelings and obviously you want to get them in the boat but uh yeah it didn't happen for me that day 
you got to blame the guide. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not. I'll just blame the fact you didn't have sharp hook on that one or something. <laughs> the lake trout, I can only blame myself because I was the guide that day. So. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's been great. When you, uh, when you come into Green Bay to catch a game. You know what? The funny thing is I talk about that or think with friends and think about it going, man, I, I wonder now that I don't work at NCSA, would I still get to go to Green Bay to watch a game since I don't talk with every, you know, talk with you all the time mm-hmm. or like we used to. I would love to do that. That would be so cool. It's just, that's a, it's cold. So what, man? It's, a, it's an experience, man. I mean, you grew up in Chicago. Is. You're, it's not that much. It's not that much colder than Chicago. No, I realized though that I've actually lived in California longer than living in Chicago. Growing up there, oh. I left at what 22 years old. Sure. So I've actually lived in California longer. I feel like I'm more native here now. I'm. I don't know. I don't do well in cold weather, but it would be cool to go. Yeah. I would need to rent like a, a gigantic snowsuit or something. <laughs> or you can go extras. in the fall. You can go in the fall when the temperature. Still nice. Yeah, if you go before November 15th, it's not bad. The tickets are a little bit That's harder okay. to come by. After November 15th, yeah, then it's cold. I and just want to tailgate in the, uh, in the bus. Bus is gone, oh, man. I sold it. Is. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, it, it was fun, but it became more work than it was fun. I thought that was going to be your Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have the Airbnb, I should have kept it. Carm, yeah, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, it's been awesome catching up with you. We'll have to do it again here soon, and hopefully yeah. I can get you to come up to Green Bay. And Love it. That would be you know, so cool. I, you got a place to stay, for sure. Yeah, you My got a place pleasure. to stay. I appreciate it. Yeah, Yuri, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, for sure. It'll be nice to see you in person in Green Bay. You come in, give you a nice handshake or hug, go have some fun. That so sounds good. It was great much. meeting you, Yuri. <laughs> Yeah, it was nice meeting you guys. You can find us on any social media platforms. Just type in uh, Take Action Podcast with Manti and Yura. Check out our YouTube page, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Be still there every week, guys. We're getting pretty good at doing this remotely. So we'll see you next week. I'm going to check you out out of there. Boom! <laughs> You're better in person with that, man. I know, for sure. I cannot go crazy. It's on video. You know, we censored a little bit. Okay. See you guys. (laughs) See See ya.